Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. 
Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. What's up? You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs Podcast, the show where I speak to bands about the other stuff they do when they're not playing or recording or being on tour. I got Jenny from Bad Cop, Bad Cop here. Their new record, The Ride, is out now. Came out earlier this year on Fat Records. And she's an artist. She works over all kinds of different mediums and she tells me all about that. As well as the jobs she's had in the past, how she's had to balance that and the band. And we talk about working in general, how to be a good employee, without giving your boss everything. So cheers for listening. If you dig this podcast, if you like this episode, if you like the premise of the show, do let your friends know that it exists. We get more plays, means we get more guests. Sounds all right, doesn't it? East London Signature Brew have been brewing music-inspired beers since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, Slaves, Sports Team, and a whole bunch of others. If you live in the UK, go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk. You can get beers delivered to your house, and with the voucher code 101podcast, you can get 10% off. All right, here's Jenny from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Go get their record, The Ride. It's great. It's out now. Cheers. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on 101 Part-Time Jobs. You're an artist, of course. What kind of stuff are you are you enjoying making right now? Kind of whatever people need. I studied illustration, but I don't, I'm not really a digital artist, you know? Mm. I'm more like three-dimensional analog, made with hands, only one copy. So I do a lot of like commissioned like portraits of people's pets and like, I kind of fell into a weird niche of making like sculpted wedding cake toppers for people. Sculpted wedding cake toppers. Yeah. So that's a niche market. <laughs> One thing I've learned is that people are really into something that they've seen before, um, which like it's I think sometimes frustrating as an artist when you're like, don't you want something totally new? And most people are like, no, that scares me. <laughs> I want yeah, something, yeah. I want something I've seen that I know I can trust. So the funny thing is like someone will see something and then just want almost the exact same thing. And this is true with cakes and paintings and wedding cake toppers and album covers, like anything I've done for money, if if people liked it, someone will want another one, at least one. <laughs> so people have seen what you've already done and they and they want that same again for you know a second time. Yeah. So in my in my mind, I was like, oh, it's like the, the Noah's Ark rule. Like there's all you're always gonna make two of everything because someone's gonna see it and want another one. But like I think it's just about safety and like the limits of imagination that people kind of put on themselves. Completely. And I see, I see that in myself as well. I'm like, I'm even though like I, I really dislike um, everything that comes with capitalism, I'm definitely a product of capitalism, you oh, know? It's inescapable. We, <laughs> yeah. Like you go out to the shop and you're like, oh, I think I'd look good in that. And that all of a sudden becomes that day's priority, even though you know that it's bullshit. Right. I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course you don't. That's my favorite thing about uh, COVID and the pandemic is like, for me, like a, a grinding halt to seeing things and, and wanting them, especially with like clothing. I just really hate 
I don't hate the fashion industry. I just think it's so utterly wasteful to like pretend that there's something wrong with the clothes that you're wearing and to like have to purchase something new just because someone said, now we're doing this. Right. I mean, it yeah. happens with like home goods too, but I just feel like with a lack of shopping as we used to know it and, you know, public appearances as we used to know them, I feel like that's finally cool. It's pretty fascinating and like it's like that that Spider-Man pointing out the other Spider-Man seven times meme because as like a fan of punk rock we we like these left-wing ideals and we and we like this kind of independent thought right yet so many of us dress the same right oh my god <laughs> tell me about it we so we just had a new record come out and it's different and like a lot of the interviews I did people were like I'm not sure if this is punk and I was like what an absurd question for you to be even speaking someone said that someone said i'm not sure it's punk multiple people this album's not really punk what do you have to say about that and i was like i've not i mean ask yourself what you have to you know like right i don't care (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) right yeah but i guess it comes from a place like so for example say like the ubiquitous descendants t-shirt right oh yeah that comes from a good place and there's a lot about that band that a lot of us have taken huge inspiration from Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing necessarily, but I, I think maybe we kind of have to check ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that like not everyone is operating from this perspective of wanting something new. And and even myself sometimes like, you know, I think I want something new and I think I'm open minded. And then sometimes some idea will come that's like so foreign to me that I'm like, no. And then two days later, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, OK. I'm open to that, right. but you know, we're all just kind of creatures of habit. For real. I think, I think especially in social circles, you know, you'll, you'll be introducing your friend and you'll be like, you know, this is my friend who's party super hard or who's my friend who loves math. I think <laughs> we're quite guilty of putting people in boxes, especially ourselves. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But having, having records released on fat records, did that make you, I mean, I, I know all, all three of the full lengths have been on fat rec, haven't they? Yes. You know, being on such an established label with such a kind of household name, did that, I mean, with hindsight, looking back into 2015, did that make you look at yourself in a certain kind of way or perhaps a, li- a little bit differently to how you saw yourself before that? Totally. Um, I felt, I felt legitimized, you know, because I right. don't, I'm not um, trained really in any way musically and it's always been a very like intuitive cathartic um self-taught kind of process where I just I also kind of never expected anyone else to listen to it yeah and then that definitely changed and the way that I write music has changed also just as a product of that like for one thing knowing that someone is going to listen to it And also knowing that I'm going to be repeating this almost like a mantra nights in a row for months of a year has changed what I write about and the position that I write from because just knowing like I'm going to have to really live with it and live in it and, and be accountable for it. Like I, I don't write songs that are sort of angry or mean anymore. Whereas like I totally did that before because it was like, this is, I'm writing for myself to process something. And like, it's not a diary anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like This is published. So 
I'm I'm kind of grateful for that in in a way because like I think I've learned to to take what I create a little more seriously and treat it more like a manifestation and have decided in the time since our first records came out to only make positive creative contributions anymore. That's interesting. Yeah, for my own, you know, because I can't answer for like just mean stuff. Like I wrote this song called Asshole and people love it because it's like short and stupid, but it's like, oh my gosh, I just feel like, I feel like the asshole. You know what I mean? Like I'm not mad at those Mm. people anymore. I don't care. (laughs) You know, I can't do that. I can't stand by it. So it's always funny, like writing songs. I mean, I guess it applies probably more to like when you're younger because you're so spontaneous with it. Yeah. And you'll say stuff that maybe you wouldn't have said at a later time. Oh, God. Yeah. And now we live in this era of like, I'm not shitting on cancel culture, but it's just like, there's like scrutiny and accountability, which I think are good. But it's just like, you know, I know I've said and done things that I already don't agree with. And like, knowing that like, hey everyone you're on the record like if it's on the internet in any way you're on the record Mm -hmm. now it's kind of like makes you think a little harder about what you're doing for real and uh, it's struggling because I don't want to say the word but I kind of want to say you know and we've all done stuff that we wouldn't do again we've all done stuff that's hurt somebody oh yeah that's growing up yeah true true but I'm I mean I'm 37 years old it's just like I don't know. I think about younger people whose whole lives are like documented on the internet. Like what a wild, what a wild reality. Like my life existed before that personally, you know, could upload things, but still it's like, Oh my God, if I had to answer for everything I did as a teenager too, Jesus, (laughs) I couldn't. We just got to be happy that MySpace doesn't really exist anymore and you can't really access that because I don't gross. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gross. Some Russian, like, that we found the archives. Everyone's in trouble. Your razor bangs are on the internet. So starting like a fairly, I hesitate to use the word serious, but I organized, you know, start, starting an organized band when you're in your 30s. What was that like looking back on it? Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for considering it organized. Uh, we, <laughs> we have become organized, you know, we, we have to file taxes together. So then we're like, oh shit, we're a family business now. So everyone better whip smart, wow. get into shape. Yeah. I mean, when we started, nobody, it was just fun. You know, we were, and then it was like, oh wow, everybody's like putting a lot into it, but it was definitely like, we're just having fun and getting free drinks and taking short tour vacations for the sake of partying. And then, and then, it, you know, you, you, it took off. I never, no one I think ever really meant for this to, to be what it is. And then once we got the opportunity to share it with this, this signing to fat and touring around the world and, you know, just the opportunity kind of, it was like we moved into a bigger pot that way. And then it was like, well, we should step into this and grow up and, you know, work a little harder and see what we can do. And yeah, so it was unintentional, but it, I'm glad that, it, <laughs> that you think we're, we tried from the beginning. We, we were having fun. So. It's funny because, I mean, once you, once you get to a certain stature or a certain kind of professional level of, of being in a band, once like the history books looks like it was always that way, you know? 
<laughs> I know hindsight is so funny. Did it take over your illustration work then? Well, so when we were touring all the time, I was like pretty hard up for money um, because that's tough. I mean, and I don't work. I know I needed to like adapt my freelance practices and like figure out a way to make money while we were on tour. And I just hadn't hadn't figured it out yet. So that just meant like when we were home, I was working as hard as I could. I was working at this bakery, which was super fun, but like had I had no boundaries. I mean, they would like text me at 1030 at night when I'm supposed to have a day off for the first time in like many weeks and be like, oh, can I get this at like eight in the morning tomorrow? And it's like, Jesus. I mean, that means I have to be there at five and that was going to be my day off. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, okay. Like what, what is sleep? What is my life? I am a fucking husk and I just bake cakes. You know what I mean? Like it was just... It was crazy. And then like I wouldn't, you know, we were still playing at home, which is brutal. Like the late night band schedule and the early bakery schedule was just like grinding me into like a pulp. Anyway, I didn't have time for any freelance between all of this. And I ended up, I decided I was like, I I don't make art anymore. And I really would like to get back to that and like connect with my creativity and have a little more control and autonomy and like you know, maybe benefit more from like the pricing. Whereas like when I was at the bakery, it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. You're getting an hourly rate. Even if you're like handing over tons of intellectual property and like that was not being respected. I was just like, what? I'm giving everything to this and just getting an hourly rate. And like, I think I'm worth more than that. And also I know we're going to be gone all year. So I just made a decision to leave, which seemed a little silly because I I let I quit in February and then we went on two weeks of a great tour and then the whole world shut down. <laughs> and then I came home and was like, oh, did I make a mistake? But I really ultimately don't think that I have because I've been freelancing since then and like have been really healthy and like really happy with that decision. So I, I'm happy to be back into making art and even though everybody's like, oh, my budget's tight. I don't really want that dog painting that I called you about six months ago, but <laughs> some people do. You know? So it was just before lockdown that you quit the bakery. Totally. Wow. And what you said about them, like calling you 10 at night, like we've all had jobs where, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because you don't want to make someone feel like they're not doing, you know, loads of stuff with their free time. But say like, say if you're, you are in a band or you do illustrations or you have this kind of big hobby that's definitely something more than a hobby it's easy to work with people who don't have that who in turn will like you said call you at 10 at night and and I feel like that's almost like a common culture in the workplace unreasonable expectations of employee employer relations like I'm 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 sorry I thought it was just an American thing but (laughs) you know No way. No, it's totally not. I mean, you see it in kind of everything, you know, from like Friday evening drinks. You feel kind of awkward. And and, well, the thing is, right, you wouldn't feel awkward if it wasn't your fucking boss. If it was anyone else being like, hey, do you want to hang out this Friday? If you had plans, you could happily say no. But because it's in the professional environment and we all have to make money, Mm -hmm. like you want to stay on the good side of your working colleagues and your boss because you know how fickle that can be. Totally. Totally. And I mean, I really, I said yes to, I said yes to everything I possibly could, even when it really made no sense for me for years there. And then was like being kind of like pressed up against by like other people there 
about like the judgment of my other job, which is the band. You know what I mean? Like there was this like we were getting into this dynamics of like semantics and the band would be like kind of disparaging comment life and then the bakery would be like what are you taking another vacation I was like it's not a vacation (laughs) I'm trying to sell records you know what I mean like this is no one here is paying my health insurance P.S. so fuck both of you but like (laughs) (laughs) back off you know also neither of you own me you know so like this this past six months has been like a time for me to like you know a catch up on sleep. B reconnect to my real work, which I feel I have like control over and independence within. And like it would grow into something where like I alone could could benefit from this instead of basically being like a mule for some other entity. You know what I mean? Like where it's like okay, if I come in seven days a week and work every holiday for the bakery, like I'm just rumple silkin here. You're gonna want more straw from gold from me. This is like a relationship that we've made I also felt like I couldn't say no to the band I mean everybody kind of did we've talked about it since coming home and being like let's just be a little more intentional and not you know be the handle of the whip and not the part that cracks like you know what I mean yeah. like, we don't need to be saying yes to everything like we have had real health issues in the band and like I feel like those maybe would have been lessened if we felt we had the the right uh, and the self-respect to say like, no, thank you. That doesn't really make sense for us. And I think we mm. we're, we're there right now, which is so cool. And and it, it, it's hard because you don't want to say if you're the person in the band who books practice every time, or you're the one who books the accommodation or the van, you fall into that role. So you can't stop doing that role once you've started. And like similar to work, once you start a job, I've always kind of thought, I don't really want to work too hard for any of my bosses because then the level of expectation will come up and I'm like, fuck, fuck that. (laughs) No, you're, I mean, I'm proud of you. That's like, I am a sucker for, well, I have in the past kind of fallen for like a lack of boundaries. You know what I mean? A lot of that comes from language, but then also the expectation that you I don't know, answer everything immediately, which is like one of my least favorite things about text messaging as a form of communication is that many people expect that like, this means you answer me right now. Or like, we've all heard people be like, oh, kind of shitting on someone for not answering. Like, oh, I'm sure they're not busy. And it's like, how do you know? what they are or are not doing yeah yeah and i've i've been guilty of that especially in the band situation or like oh, say yeah. like a small business thing if if you need an answer now yeah you're looking at like your friend and being like you're checking their twitter seeing if they've tweeted in the last <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> and that's fucked up i don't you know no one wants to do that no and really i think just being aware of it kind of makes you stop you know like yeah. i've I've totally done it. I've, this is just something that I've kind of like become mindful of. Mm-hmm. And like it's just because it's like you you have to remember that everyone wants to be treated with respect also. And like you, the way you start a culture of respect is by like treating people with respect. Totally, <laughs> totally. So this podcast is obviously about part-time jobs and kind of side hustles to kind of keep you doing the thing that you want to do. But it's kind of turned into that dynamic of being in a band or being a musician and how that evolves over time, but also how difficult it is. Oh, it is. Well, and I want, you said something interesting about the, once you become the person who books the accommodations, you can't, you cannot unbecome. But I have to say in our band, 
well, we've been together for a long time, so maybe that's why. And everyone has really grown and changed a lot. But we've, you know, we've reassigned and renegotiated responsibilities for things like a few times. You know what I mean? And and right. and like kind of gotten remembering that like, look, if this is too much, or like if someone is not maybe meeting the expectations of the group with this, like we need to be able to have a conversation and and be like, look, how can we change this? Can do you mm. need some help with this? Are you not in love with this position anymore? Like, what can we do? And like, just learning to that a that conversation is available as an option, and b like also to set aside any defense because a lot of times there is defensiveness when somebody needs help. They don't realize that like they can get it, <laughs> and that like you know what I mean. Maybe like doing a job that's not meeting the standards or the needs of the group is yeah. not. You don't need to be offended when people are like, Hey, this is like, we rocked the, the ball has been dropped. How can we, <laughs> you yeah. know, jump in? So it's become a really healthy business and work place. You know, it definitely didn't start that way, but that was because of like, you know, people had substance abuse problems and like outside home and family problems. And like, everyone's kind of on a journey of self-discovery and like, <laughs> you know, right. we're all, we're all the best versions that we've ever been at this very latest edge of the time knife, you know? Yeah. So. Good to hear. Good to hear. And I think those convers those hard conversations take so much guts. Yeah. You have to be supportive too. And remember that like, it's a safe space and that it's a team. People forget that so quickly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Have have there have there been many like career up upheavals in the band? You know, have there be, have any of the other members had jobs that have kind of been laid to waste by the band's activity? I think they've been set down. I know Myra kind of cleared her plate for the band in in many ways. Like she was in several bands when we started, and also was working, and then like she ended up losing a job because of we were on some tours, and then you know, decided to like take up very flexible part-time work, you know, since then, which is cool. She's also married and her partner is like fully employed, which I think, you know, they kind of came to that agreement as a team, which is really cool. Mm. And then Lynn works full-time when we're home. And I think it's like, she is like such a valuable asset in any workplace as far as like, she's very hardworking and like, brings a lot of morale and I think that they are aware of that and so like a lot of times like you know when we leave on things there's this like I don't know Lynn we might you know this might jeopardize things but they always bring her back because she's badass <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like uh, Stacy actually created a job for herself very recently which is like amazing she hadn't been really employed in like a traditional sense kind of for the majority of our band but then she started this nonprofit with some friends called the sidewalk project and it's been growing and like they were able to do some grant writing and like hire some people from the street they work with like the houseless population in los angeles so they hired people full-time from the street from the community that they're helping and they also were able to establish like a payroll for the the volunteers that have been doing this full-time and stacy is one of them that's like so fucking cool amazing i know this is like very recent. She's like, can you believe it? I was like, I can. This is, let's wrap. Like, That's so cool. Know, so happy for you. I I personally left, I left a job that was great, but also toxic. 
about midway with the band when we started getting busy, I kind of was like, this is an opportunity for me to be like, I am leaving because of this and not because of X, Y, and Z bullshit here. Mm. Um, I ended up actually stepping into this job at that bakery. I just left super part-time under the pretense of like, I will be coming and going. And then we were together for so long. It was almost like an open relationship that's like gone on for five years. And then somebody's like, are we getting married or what? And it was like, no, we're, <laughs> we're not getting married. Like this is still an open relationship and that's all I wanted to be. Um, and then I left. So, Well, I think it's funny how jobs, I mean, I don't have an answer. I'm not claiming to have an answer, but it's funny how, you know, there is this culture, like you said earlier. I mean, we see it all the time. People, people's bosses thinking they own them. Oh my God. And like, if you don't, follow up with that kind of like demand and expectation to like hand over the majority of your waking life without question, then like you're a bad employee. It's like, I am not a bad employee. I would be a really good salaried employee because I am very effective for a certain number of hours. And then like after let's say 3 PM, my brain gets soft and I just need a break and like, Physical exercise affects my own personal performance. And like, I think the, the idea of clocking in and sitting down and being watched is sick. You know, I mean, maybe if that is like the requirements of your job, but so many of my jobs don't require, they don't really require that, you know? And like, and I think a, a level of trust where like, everyone works differently. Like some people do need to like sit down and put their seatbelt on for like these hours and then like step out of the room and be off the clock. But like, I think the fact that so many people have been able to, or been forced to work from home during the pandemic, I'm hoping that that changes working for a lot of people and the planet. I think one of the biggest problems, I mean, again, it's easy for us to point out problems in the system, but then like, that's what we're here for, right? I think one of the biggest issues is these jobs and these careers, they're coming from a place where they treat everyone exactly the same. In the same way that some people work better in bursts of energy. Other people are like, you know, the long distance runners. Right. No, and it's, I think, honestly, I'm grateful for like the large corporations getting a chance to see that you can work this way and that you don't like, oh my God, if I had children or even pre, I know children are not necessarily in school and and I hopefully they're not. I know there are some places where they went back, but that's so scary. But like, you know what I mean? If you have like a kid that's not school age yet, I would way rather work from home. You know what I mean? Instead of handing over your entire salary to another person to watch your child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what Mm -hmm. that so fucked that system is so unnecessary and so fucked yeah childcare is is so expensive not that i really know firsthand but you don't need to know firsthand how expensive it is no i don't know firsthand and i am so sorry for you parents like that's brutal right and travel travel to work i remember getting the the, the a couple a couple of full-time jobs i had in the city and i don't live far out from the city center but it was still like i was spending hundreds on a month on travel and that sh- that should not come out of your paycheck. No, it shouldn't. You know, if you're working from home, you're not costing a business rent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like you, that maybe that portion of that rent should come back to you. I know that's asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll never fucking do that. <laughs> hey, what an idea! Like, but I agree. 
saving you this money, you know, yeah. like you're welcome. Also yeah. providing my own computer, you're welcome. You know, okay, if you want to leave a camera on or whatever it is, or like I have a headset on and I'm literally available to you during the workday, if that makes you happier, like that's fine. But like yeah. My, yeah. my housemate has a job where like she was working from home and then now she's kind of transitioning back to work and she's like she's really sad because she's like I she got really into these like radical at home fitness classes and she's like, How can I ask my boss if it's okay for me to like move my lunch break to ten AM so I can do this? I was like, You just ask him. It's a small yeah. company. Like I think that person has enough respect for you and what you do for them that that wouldn't be an awkward conversation. You know? For real. For you real. can eat lunch at your desk. You don't need to like go out and buy food anymore. Things are different now. Like, Yeah, know? yeah, 100%. You mentioned earlier about, I mean, it's something that we don't understand here is healthcare. So, I mean, what what are your experiences with healthcare? Have, have you paid for it separately or have you had an employer pay for it in the past? I've literally never had an employer pay for my healthcare, which I think is interesting because I've been a full-time employee and a salaried employee in several contexts, you know, not mm -hmm. as many as others. I feel like I meet a lot of people who are like, I have to have this and this and this. And it's like, well, good for you. But I also know that like, I'm asking for a lot by saying, hi, I'm going to come and go kind of a lot, you know, <laughs> and no, I'm not getting paid vacation. And I know, and I'm okay with that. Like you just stop paying me when I go on tour. This mm -hmm. is our arrangement. But I also am like, a fucking incredible employee when I'm home and when I'm here, mm. like you're getting, mm. you're getting at least a regular year's worth of work out of me in less yeah. time. I do not fuck around. You know, this is like for real, this is like something I feel good about myself for, but then also, you know, I, I worked for, I worked for like a, a big action sports company and, and like they, even before I was touring, they were like, all right, here's our loophole. You're a contractor. You know what I mean? And that way we don't have to pay you this or that. And I was like, okay, you know, that's not sick, but all right, I'll take the job, you know, because I, I want to do this work. But then it, you know, in the way it was like, you guys propped the door open and kind of let me know that like, you, you are not accountable to me. And therefore, like I was, I kind of leveraged that when it was like, I'm going on tour. And they were like, my boss nice. was kind of like, no, you're not. You can't just go for three weeks. And I was like, I totally can. I don't have any paid vacation or healthcare. Like, smell you later. Yeah. You can call me, you know. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I've always kind of paid for it myself. I, It's not cool. And I also, like, really try not to go to the doctor. And I'm really grateful for, like, this vessel that I have being pretty supportive and, like, hanging tight so far. I mean, knock on wood. But it's like I have the luxury of having kind of like a base level insurance plan. And um, I know that other people don't have that. You know what I mean? People with chronic illnesses or like real serious conditions. Like, and this is a luxury that maybe I will only have temporarily. Like, it's not lost on me. I think it's pretty wrong the way we treat people. Especially now. It's like, okay, there's this there's health crisis. And you're still not supporting other people's health. Like this, this model of like coronavirus is like really a manifestation of the idea that like there are no boundaries between yourself and anyone or anything else. Like if your neighbor has this, it's mm -hmm. a problem for you. Right. It's not their problem. It's your problem now. You know what I mean? And the idea that like even under this very literal interpretation of that, like other people's problems are definitely your problems and are definitely like 
your responsibility. Like our government is still vilifying words like socialism and socialized healthcare, and like it's just incredible to me how brainwashed people are. And 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 where do you live? I live in Southern California. So what's your local, I mean, what's what have you seen locally in, in the last couple of weeks, especially with, with lockdown being sort of lifted? So you mentioned your, your, your housemates going back to work. Is that a pretty common? It's starting to happen. I'm seeing it. I mean, I'm at home, obviously, like I'm working from home. Mm. Um, I'm seeing like less cars in the neighborhood during the day, which like, but I personally am not going out. That, yeah. So I'm living in my own sort of self-imposed bubble. I'm only going to band practice and the grocery store. Um, and that's like pretty much it. But at the same time, like I, I, you know, my, I'm thinking of like, God, what are the kids doing? And I also live, I live in Huntington beach, which has like become sort of famous in the last few months for being like this really right wing hotbed. Um, I mean, there are decent people that live here, but like, I just, I don't know. I'm I'm not proud of that. Yeah. But it's like I'm here, you know what I mean? Like my neighbors are here and they're cool. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know. But you've been continuing band practice then? We have. Yeah. So we have like a quarantine pod kind of rule with the band that's like who I'm seeing and um trying to remember that like, you know, some t- some friends are like, let's get together and it's like, I love you so much, but like this is just not the time yeah. to see people I haven't seen in a long time, you know? Like right. I, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. We're all just like Lynn is going, for example, Lynn is going camping and like, she's very, she takes this whole thing very seriously. She's like, I'm getting a COVID test and we, we got extra sites. So everyone's super spread out. So I'm going to be seeing people that like, no, I haven't seen them, but I'm not going to be close to them. We're going to be outside. And then I'm going to get another test when we get back before I come to band practice. Right. I was like, I appreciate you yeah. working out and respecting our little dolphin pod here, cool. you know? Cool. <laughs> So, so, so the work you're doing now and including kind of the wet, the wedding cake trinkets has, have you got a name for the company? I don't, I mean, I just, it's just me. I tried to like, I'm really bad with names. Like God help me if I ever have a child, I'm going to be like, all right, you're four years old. What do you want to call yourself? (laughs) Um, (laughs) How do you feel? Um, Yeah. So I'm just using my name for everything, which I realize is a problem because no one knows how to pronounce my name. But um, so yeah, my my website is jennycotterell.com. And then I'm, that's like my handle on Instagram. Only because like, I find it confusing when people are like, oh, this is my business name. And it's like, fuck, right. I don't know that. Or I don't know your real name, <laughs> you know? Which happens a lot now. And now that we've all got like a, cu- a couple of handles on everything. Handles, yeah. My favorite is like when someone uses an actual name in their handle and then you believe that is their name. Like Lynn's uh, partner's name is Bert, but his handle is like Hank Grit. And all, pe- all people all over the world are like, tell Hank what's up. I'm all, okay. Like, I will. It's That's Bert, funny. but okay. That's funny. Yeah. So has business, go- has business been all right then in the last few months? Has it, has it, has it been going up as you like – establish your name and other people see what you've made for people they know you know what it's been I I'm constantly like kind of wringing my hands and me like is this the last thing and then something always comes like I was doing a lot of baking from home and like this we had this like superstitious policy in my house where like we will get a box that's about the size of a cake that I could put a finished cake in to give someone and like 
my housemate will be like, don't, don't throw it away. You might get a cake. You know what I mean? And like, it works. If you hang on to the box, someone will order a cake. And then, um, so that's, that's magical. Uh, and then, you know what? It's just been kind of random. Like any random conversation I've been having with people seems to grow into like work, which is really fun and cool. I have a friend who's a witch and like she was doing this like very cool thing for the full moon a couple weeks ago. And I just reached out to be like, Hey, I really enjoyed that. Um, thinking of you all the time. Thank you. And she was like, Hey, I need some help. I was like, sick. I would love to work for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like if it comes from a good place, like a, a healthy place, you don't feel bad about plugging yourself because you're just talking about something that you like, right? Really? It is genuine. It is not, I'm not like handing out business cards or like, I mean, I do know some people who do that, who like, they will reach out almost like, I'm like, did you set a timer? Just being like, let me know if you need any of this. And it's like, well, I will, you know, Yeah. this is your business practices and these are mine. But like, you know what I mean? I really fully operate on like a pretty organic freelance uh, path. Oh, and I've just seen you did the um, the cover from the Hepatitis Bathtub, the NoFX book. I did. I did. That was great. very silly. <laughs> the, the colors are really, they pop out, you know, more so than other, you know, other illustrations. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wanted, um, so Jeff Alulis was pretty heavily art directing that. That was, he he wrote that with them and he was like, are you familiar with like the little golden books? Which I really am. I'm actually kind of obsessed with them. I was like, yeah, I am. I'm all over it. You got it. Golden books. Yeah. Is that So that's like um in the States. And I think just after the Second World War, this publishing company, Golden Books, came out with like these very affordable children's books that they... I can't, they have an interesting business model. I can't remember. I was like really into it to the point where I researched it. But anyway, they were very accessible and like affordable. And the illustrations were always like the inside of them would be one color and then black ink. And the cover would have these really fun gouache illustrations. And then this cute gold foil spine with like little illustrations on it which is like the spine on that book is sort of a play on that we couldn't do gold because golden books was like no you can't but we played it with it and made it like pink and put like a bunch of bondage stuff and pills on it instead of like all the cute kind of childhood illustrations that exist on the real version yeah but it was like Jeff had this idea that like the irony of something so kind of classically loaded with like wholesomeness and children's, you know, children's books, you know, juxtaposed with, you know, the story of no effects yeah. would be fun. So, Great. yeah. Yeah. And it works so well. Yeah. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. I, I love a good art director with like a good idea and a good vision. That's always like all right, I'm happy to help. I'm just a hand, yeah, <laughs> you know? For, for real. And and I suppose it's maybe something you find directions that you might not have found by yourself, a bit like the way like a producer you might work with. Totally. Yeah, it is. It is art production, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I, I mean, sometimes it's fun to be like someone just be like, do whatever you want. But also it's like, gosh, it's so much faster if you know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of here working it out for you. Though I'm just looking at those wedding those wedding cake toppers now. I mean, what what are they made out of? Um, they're made of a variety. Of, well, they're art materials, so like they'll last 
until they crumble into dust, which hopefully is like a lifetime. Non-edible. Non-edible. Yeah, that's a thing. I have done stuff like food cake toppers, which like that's fine. I kind of love making stuff out of food because it goes away and it's sort of like you have to enjoy it right now. Like it sort of supports some environmental ethos that I have and also like the idea that like you have to just enjoy it right now not everything is like something you can hang on to in your tight little fist but then again it's like a challenge (laughs) um so those are made of like you know clays and acrylic paint and sometimes there's fabric or metal or wood but it's like they're meant to be kind of forever so a lot of them are like sometimes the couple ask me for that and then sometimes it's like the parents or people in the wedding party or like just a wedding gift for the couple. And did you kind of teach yourself to use those materials? Did you have any training? Totally. I did go to school. I studied illustration at Cal State Long Beach and I'm really, I loved my education there. And like the way that program is like, or was, um, you could be sort of interdisciplinary about it. And like, I think I kind of pushed the limits of that. Like my teachers were sort of frustrated. They're like, really? You're taking a fucking mold making class? Like how does this relate to illustration? And it was like, because I, you know what I mean? I want to work in 3D. Like I'm, mm. I kind of made, kind of made it work for me. And it, and I still am making it work. I, I don't think I learned anything unnecessary while I was there, except for maybe like printmaking. Like I really, I'm not so good at printmaking and I don't use it because it requires planning that I don't really have. Um, but yeah, I kind of, so throughout my education, I was always sort of experimenting with material and before experimenting with materials and like, you know, sometimes things were a mistake, but like, I really, I'm, I love that. I love like learning about a new process or material or talking to people that work with different things and just like trying to implement that. Or sometimes you come up on something or find something like, I have sort of a twin star art friend out in Florida who, um, I was visiting her after the fest and she was, she was doing this crazy build out for a place called the pizza cave, like making this cave into a pizza restaurant or like a pizza restaurant into a cave. And like, she was like, yeah, let's come over and like, we'll smoke some weed and we'll like work on the stuff. And I was like, sick. I can't wait to see what you're getting into. Cause she's very experimental. And like, we have a lot of brief text conversations about like, have you ever worked with AB foam or have you ever worked with this like weird metal stuff? How would I cut this? And like, so I just got down on someone else's project for a couple of nights and it was so, it's just so fun. To yeah. Learn. Awesome. Let's yeah, collaborate. Can- collaboration, right? Yeah. That was where like stuff comes from. Oh yeah. I mean, she, She's told me stuff about, she's like, you got to get joint compound. This stuff is amazing. I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'll check it out. Or like, you know, my favorite is like two-part epoxy clay. Like, you can get it at the art store for a lot of money or you can find it in like the plumbing section, but that shit is amazing, (laughs) you know? like Awesome. are um, Are there any materials that you've yet to work with? Well, I think when I was like a kid and like really looking at all the things I thought were cool and like fantasizing like like I love a mini putt a mini golf course so much I would love to make a mini putt and I think when I was like falling in love with that as a kid I was like you know what is this made of you know what I mean my dad was like this fiberglass you know what I mean then I got really interested in fiberglass and I've really never used it but like I do hope to make a mini mini golf one day and I do hope to employ fiberglass but you know maybe what I would 
probably use now is like more found materials. Fiberglass is pretty toxic. Right. And like, you know, dangerous, <laughs> which is like, I care more about that now than I probably ever did before in my life. You know, yeah. I found out recently, like a couple of my friends work for like fabricators and they're like, they're being cool and like, oh, I have this. Do you want to use this? And then they reached out about this. The really heartbreaking thing is that like places are using plastic now for like one-time displays or like convention displays where it used to be Luon, which is wood, which is renewable, like fully fucking renewable organic materials that like even during the process of renewing this resource, you're creating clean air and like the switch over for those major businesses to plastic is like how could you do this you know what i mean right. like the, you, the, this will be here forever mm. big fucking display that like is oversized and over the top that's for one time use and you're making it out of plastic like i know it's because it's cheaper but it's like so fucked that people would still choose to to use that sustainability must be such a big part in in your job if if is it something you're interested in now and did you sort of go into the art you know having caring a lot about sustainability no i honestly didn't think i was like a blind consumer you know what i mean mm. until friends of mine you know pointed things out to me like which I appreciate that so much. Like I know sometimes it's hard to speak up or be like, how do I have this conversation with a person that I care about that like about this? You know what I mean? And it, it's like, if you love each other, just have the conversation. You know what I mean? I'm grateful for every one of those conversations that my friends have had with me. Like, and to think back now of like, Oh my God, that I ever, that I ever didn't think about it is just so embarrassing, yeah. you know? And yeah. like understanding, cause I think there's like a, there's like this thing where people are like, oh, I don't want to waste paper. And it's like, I would rather you waste paper than use plastic for things. Use paper. It biodegrades. It comes from plants. This is cool. You, it's okay to do that. It's not okay to like use all this plastic or like, you know what I mean? And where can you use fabric instead of plastic? And I'm I'm so grateful that like my fucking Facebook microphones are listening and all my ads are like, use these reusable bags. And it's like, yeah, thank you. I don't want to use the black bags for everything anymore. And I don't want to, you know, I just got a deodorant. That's like, it's like a little stick that you just put in the same holder over and over again. And just sitting back and trying to imagine all the empty plastic deodorant things like gross. Well, I think that the smart, that's what the smart brands are doing. Yeah. And even if it is fake, it's like, God fucking make sure everyone at least pretends to think about it, you know? then they'll think about it well jenny thanks so much for chatting thanks for coming on on 101 part-time jobs sure thank you for inviting me i just have to say i love the mighty moon site is gorgeous y'all are great work oh thank you very much <laughs> what, what's going on for you in the next couple of months then does like you know doing your artwork does that it certainly looks like it but does it feel like like a legit job something that you're gonna you know the next cake is always gonna come in yeah, I have some bigger projects, which is like really what I, what I love. I, I like to, I, I do a lot of murals and stuff like that. So I got some pretty cool, exciting kind of larger scale stuff coming down the pipe that like, I'm just really, again, this is going to sound, I don't mean to sound flippant, but like the, the, the fact that everything is canceled this year, like allows me to take these, make plans for stuff that like I do want to do and be able to say yes you know, so I'm pretty excited. And then the band has some cool stuff coming up too. Like I'm, things are good. I'm looking forward to things for, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you're not alone. I'm, I'm honestly 
quite happy to stay at home for a little while right? <laughs> you know I'm quite happy not to run into some people in town oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's enjoy it <laughs> yeah absolutely well Jenny thank you so much all right thank you have a good one so that was Jenny from bad cop bad cop as I said at the start, if you dig this podcast, please share it around. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was edited by Emily Naylor. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every blink of me, I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media podcast. Thank you.